1: So I figured today I'd broadcast from the Vivid Seats studios, so make sure you use promo code OVERTIME in the Vivid Seats mobile app to save up to $100 on all ticket purchases, first time customers only. You know what I need to do is reach out to James Hetfield and tell him to come in and and say that last part, because that's kind of what I'm going for there, although pretty sure he is back in rehab, so I will hit him up when he gets better, or in between, the parts where he's not better maybe is, I'll, I'll I'll stick with the first way I said it. That's that's nicer. Be like first time customers only. Well, thank you, James. So today, actually, let's let's uh, let's go a little further back. Yesterday there were two episodes, so make sure you are completely caught up. Yesterday was the episode talking about the strategies and how I kind of was hoping the Packers would play so that they would win. I also did release the uh, the stock market results. It's a little bit late, but again, there's a lot to do. And thanks to Mr. Murillo, got me a sweet, handy-dandy new sheet, which should speed things up. If you want to get involved in that, get in the Facebook group. Uh, If you want to listen to the results, go listen to yesterday's episode. If you would like to um, get your stock stuff in, you need to do it very, very rapidly. Get in the Facebook group, comment on the most recent spreadsheet that's in the group, which stocks you'd like to buy now ideally you'd be able to just go in and punch in your own stocks but again that's too much work and again again working on making this a better smoother process it's going to take time deal with it if you want to play get in the game now we're caught up to today in which it's going to simply be positivity sunday i wanted today to be a little bit of a twist which is positivity sunday um which is positive insofar as i'm talking about the green bay packers but i want to talk a little bit about the cowboys so that today is somewhat of a very, very, very negative Sunday, if that kind of makes sense. It's a little bit of both. Super positive, also a little little mean. I don't know if I'd go so far as to say wicked. I don't think it's wicked. I'm not, I'm not a wicked person. I'm just, sometimes I'm mean. You know, like if there's a kid, it's like, I don't know, being a kid, you just, sometimes you're mean to them. I don't know. I'm not going to throw stuff at them hard. I mean, I'll throw hard things, but I won't throw it hard. I, never mind take a little bit off of it is all i'm saying anyways packers win cowboys are trash let's take a break we all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing but they also can be amazingly distracting especially when we're around other people so u.s cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five that's right a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and to see what we find learn more at uscellular.com Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. So before we dive into that, and I know we all just want to get down and party, but very, very quickly, um, I had somebody on Twitter, uh, Mr. Jerry Collins, a.k.a. Squirrely G. I like that, man. I don't know if I put that at Pack Daddy tier, but, but maybe like a like a 1B kind of thing. Squirrely G. But anyway, Squirrely G says... Um, Well, he sent me something that said the Packers were in attendance for the Oregon-Cal game, which isn't that surprising because we got area scouts. Like, every team has area scouts, and everybody goes to different games. But sometimes you can can get a little something. For example, why go to this game? Usually you're going to go to games that kind of have the most prospects that you're kind of interested in. And when I looked at Oregon's team, just in order, as I have it on NFLBigBoard.com, which, by the way, very simple little tool, go there. Go down to the bottom, type in Oregon below school, so it sorts by Oregon. You do get a couple of Oregon State, but there's not very many players there. Isaiah Hodgkins and Noah Tagui, whatever. Why, why are draft prospects the hardest names in the world to pronounce? Is it? Am I just wrong And that, you know, if I just grabbed 100 random people, they would all have really tricky names? Because I feel like the guys that I know are all like Jim Smith and Mike Thompson. And then you come to the draft, and it's like Calvin Throckmorton, Noah Tagui. I... Diomadori Lenoir? Why? What? What is happening? Anyways, the reason I found it interesting is because I had a theory that maybe these teams would have kind of in line with what the Packers are looking for. If you just look at it, remove Justin Herbert. I'm not talking about Justin Herbert. In order, Troy Dye, linebacker. Calvin Throckmorton, right tackle. Jake Hansen, center. Shane Lemieux, guard. Just kind of down the line, I feel like these are the top of the list for what the Packers are looking for. So a little early, but I would write down that if, if I were to guess at some point we're going to draft not just an offensive lineman, but very possibly somebody from Oregon. It's very premature. Maybe he went there and he's like, nope, these guys are trash. But they have a very good offensive line right now, like one of the top offensive lines in the NFL. So a team that was maybe interested in drafting some additional offensive linemen, which is something that I've been postulating for some time. Now we got the Packers going to check out one of the best offensive. And I could be wrong. Maybe they just went there because they felt like they had to go somewhere. I don't know. Maybe they were interested in the Cal guy. Maybe they like Troy Dye the linebacker. Maybe they like Jacob Breland the tight end. I don't know. As far as Cal, um Ashton Davis the center and Evan Weaver, the linebacker. Now Evan Weaver's interesting. Actually just did the uh the draft podcast overtime nfl draft edition go check it out go subscribe go listen but yesterday well it's what am i talking about i didn't even post it yet but we talked about it yesterday evan weaver is just absolutely tearing it up right now as far as tackles sounds like a kind of like who cares kind of thing but he's like 20 tackles above anybody else in college football it's kind of ridiculous so it's kind of a big deal so maybe they're going to look at that guy i don't know anyways moving on i thought that was an interesting little note so i want to start with um skip and shannon because why why would you start anywhere else the funny thing is, I'm, I'm looking at this thing. Eric Mangini comes on. They're having a little roundtable discussion. These three geniuses, and maybe Mangini's got to figure it figured out. So I'll, I'll keep it to Skip and Shannon. They're having an argument over who is sort of the focal point of this offense. And um, Shannon is arguing that it's all about Zeke, right? I mean, if, if he runs for less than 75 yards, they're one and eight. Something like if he's over 100, they're undefeated or something to that effect, right? Skip is over here saying that uh, if you watch the tape, um, Ezekiel Elliott isn't the same guy that he was. He got a bunch of garbage yards against Miami. Uh, Last week he got held to 35 yards or something like that. He's he's not the same Zeke that he was. So in a weird sense, I kind of believe with both of them, agree with both of them when they're saying that the other person isn't very good. They're both right. But for some reason, these two geniuses can't figure out what the common thread here is. Let me play one little clip for you here. This is me agreeing, or I guess in a sense, Shannon agreeing
0: with me. E-Man believes he's going to throw the ball, try to put the ball in Dak's hand, which you want him to do because you believe Dak now is the reason why this offense goes the way it goes. Mm. I do not believe that. Mm. E-Man does not believe that. Mm. Most people in the universe don't believe that. Mm. Only you Mm. believe that.
1: He's absolutely right. Dak Prescott is not what makes this offense go. Most people understand that. He's correct in that. I went through it yesterday. Let me very briefly sum up what I said yesterday. Under pressure, Dak Prescott is one of the worst quarterbacks in the entire NFL. You could go so far as to say the worst if you wanted to, arguably the worst. From a clean pocket, he's fine, as are most quarterbacks. Very few quarterbacks have as good of a clean pocket as Dak Prescott has. I would say that if you take into account, actually, if you don't take into account the very clean pocket, he is an above-average quarterback at best. You look at the touchdown-interception ratio and everything else and, and the, the availability of the weapons that he has, he's, he's above-average to average, somewhere in there, right? He's, he's, he's Oh, he's pretty good. But that's only insofar as that offensive line can keep him clean 70% of the time. He's standing in a pocket that doesn't have any... He could stretch his arms out in every single, any direction by the time the ball comes out, and there's nobody that he's going to touch. He's not even going to touch the back helmet of, his, of one of his offensive linemen. He can put his arms out and do windmills, just spinning in circles like a top. He probably could. He could set the ball down, like put his arms out and spin three times, pick up the ball and throw a strike to Randall Cobb, who's wide open down the field. If the Dallas Cowboys actually believe and listen, insofar as you believe that this offensive line is going to keep him clean, fine. Let the let the offense run through him. He'll do a good job. Again, he can operate in that environment, and he does a really good job of it. He's got some good passes, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, he's an NFL quarterback. If nobody's pressuring you, and you got a guy that's got a, a two-step lead on a on a um, on a corner, you should be able to put the ball kind of out in front of him a little bit, so he's able to run in stride. That's pretty much what you would expect from any NFL-caliber quarterback. But you know, again. Props to him for for doing what's working for him. But again, anybody that believes, as Skip Bayless apparently does, that Dak Prescott is the man, that regardless of environment, whatever it is, he's one of the top quarterbacks, and it would be foolish not to just throw the ball all over the Green Bay Packers. That's what you need to do. That's insanity. I'm not saying he can't do it because, again, I'm, I'm looking at the offensive line, defensive line battle and saying if we don't get pressure on him, that's exactly what they're going to do. He's going to stand in the pocket. He's going to pick us apart, which, by the way, I don't want to hear any one of you if Dak is running all over us or, excuse me, if Ze- I don't know why I get the two names confused. It's like Zeke and Dak just, it's like the same weird, I don't know. Dak Prescott is throwing all over us and Zeke is running all over us. I'm not wrong in what I said. Unless you see him under pressure throwing off his back foot, launching a strike down the field to a guy 20 yards down the field in tight coverage, then we're not talking about the same thing. I'm saying that the man is going to do a fine job if he's not under pressure, as well as Ezekiel Elliott is going to run all over us if we're not able to have some discipline and just understand basic assignments. Because both of these guys can operate within the structure, as could just about any NFL player. You take any quarterback behind that offensive line, you take any running back behind that offensive line, they will thrive. And we've seen it. Again, Tony Pollard is, is averaging more yards per carry. We saw that even in his rookie year. I think um Darren McFadden. He he was he was out running um he was out rushing Ezekiel Elliott. I mean it it was it was Darren McFadden, Alfred Morris. All of them were getting massive yardage. I actually picked up Darren McFadden because he was doing such a great job. They just never played him. It reminded me of all those years I had Darren Sproles, and they never ran him. Drove me nuts because every time he touched the ball, he got seven yards. That was what Darren McFadden was doing all year, as was Alfred Morris. These guys were getting five yards a carry behind that offensive line. Now Ezekiel Elliott's getting four and a half yards, and we're thinking he's the greatest running back in the history of the world. Give me a break. But again, these geniuses can't figure it out. So listen, Shannon is correct. Dak is not and most people understand he's not what everybody says he what 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 excuse me Dak apologists say that he is. Some people in national media who want to point him out as one of the top quarterbacks, this is what they're not getting. This is how you get a fourth round guy to come in and just light it up. A Mr. Rain Dakota Prescott can come in and just be such a good quarterback right out of the gate. And again, he is a good quarterback in certain circumstances. This is no different than any other quarterback who isn't. You know, There are certain guys you can put under any system, in any environment, and they're going to thrive. Some guys have to be within a certain system and in a certain environment. Dak Prescott, would be the he would be on the bench somewhere if he played for a different team that didn't have a good offense. Go ahead and put him behind the, and the Houston Texans. He's getting cut in a week. Go ahead and trade him to the Cardinals, see how long he lasts. He'll be on the bench with by the end of the day. He won't make it to the fourth quarter. So let's get the other side of this. Because again, any thinking human being can take these two truths and come up with a conclusion. And, and Skip kind of touches on it, but they just refuse to say it. Nobody wants to say it. As far as I'm, I'm I'm concerned, I'm the only person that I know of that's saying this. By the way, I'm the only person that's been saying consistently for three years offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. They should be drafting offensive line. Why? They've already got a good enough draft offensive lineman. But they just, they, they can't, it's like they can't
0: see it. Here's what Skip had to say. I haven't seen Zeke run like Zeke used to run one time this year. You saw it twice. I haven't seen it. I don't see it when. This is... Uh, Miami and Washington. Well, I, I saw late at Washington, got some garbage yards, had a couple late long hair. I haven't seen anything like the Zeke I Well, saw you, you should know about garbage yards because uh, that's all that gets. Because oh, right. they shut him down and then he get Stop late it. yardage and they lose anyway. So you know about garbage. Like th-
1: Hilariously, what this is, is two guys making very good points with, with something pointing at one direction and they just can't see it. Some other interesting information. Tyron Smith is out, right? Last week, Tyron Smith was out and it was the first game they lost and the offense couldn't do anything. Granted, they have other players, good players, but this team has scored 35 points, 31 points, 31 points. Tyron Smith goes out, they scored 10 points. The last time Tyron Smith was out, the Cowboys did win the game. They won it 6 to nothing. They scored 6 points the last time he was out, prior to last week when they scored 10 points with him out. It's interesting, isn't it? How does one guy, a left tackle, make that big of an impact? And maybe he doesn't, I don't know. It's interesting, though. You know what else is interesting? Looking at their uh, rushing direction details, Ezekiel L. you know where he gets all his yards? He gets all his yards on the outside. He does. I mean, he does okay in other areas, but if you look at sort of the between the center and right guard, for example, he's averaging 1.8 yards per carry. Six attempts, 11 yards. You know where he gets his most yards? Outside of the left tackle. Seven attempts, 46 yards, 6.6 yards per attempt. That's interesting, isn't it? That doesn't mean he's bad. I mean, if he's going for, let's see... uh His next most is 5.4 yards, and in fact, it's where they run the most, which is between the right guard and right tackle. 20 attempts, 108 yards, 5.4 yards per attempt. That's a pretty big, uh, that's a big chunk. They like that spot. They like running to the right. And part of the reason they've been so successful is because Mr. Layell Collins, as I said, he's rated as the number one tackle in football right now, primarily because of his ability to uh, run block. He's done a great job of, of, you know, helping in the run game. So they keep running to that side. Here's the thing, though. You know who's on that side for the New York Giants? If they're coming out in, in three wide receiver sets and the New York Giants are in their nickel package, which is going to be most of the time because the Cowboys are coming out in three wide sets, it's Marcus Golden. Do you know where he ranks in run defense out of 107 total edge rushers? Because that's his job, right? He's going up against the the right, the right left uh, def- defensive end, I guess, in this situation is going up against the right tackle, Lael Collins. Marcus Golden out of 107 uh guys is 96th one of the worst just just a hair above uh Kyler Fackrell (laughs) he is one of the worst run defenders in all of football Lael Collins was better than him imagine that you know what's interesting though the next week they played the uh Washington Redskins you know who's on that side Ryan Kerrigan now Ryan Kerrigan is a pretty good football player he's as far as getting pressures and whatnot Marcus Golden was 96th out of 107 you know where Ryan Kerrigan ranks in run defense 95th they're right next to each other. Ryan Kerrigan and Marcus Golden are 95th and 96th against the run out of 107. Lael Collins took it to him. Wow. You know who Brian Belagas had to go up against? Khalil Mack. Von Miller. I don't know if you heard of those guys. Dallas Cowboys have gone up against Garbage. Oh, but, but, but just hold on here, because after that, they played the Miami Dolphins, y'all. She-wee. And they got the... Uh, Cameron Wake, right? Oh, no, that's right. They got rid of Cameron Wake. Who do they got over there now? Oh, it's Big Taco Charlton. Do you know where he ranks? You're not going to believe this. You are You are absolutely not going to believe this. Out of 107, Marcus Golden was 96th. Ryan Kerrigan was 95th. Taco Charlton, take one wild guess where he is. 94th in the NFL. So out of 107 edge rushers, Mr. Lael Collins, number one right tackle, excuse me, number one tackle in all of football, going up against... The 96th, 95th, and 94th best defensive ends in football. Unbelievable. Now, Preston Smith's getting off to a bit of a, a slow start. He's only ranked 61st right now. His run defense is not what it was. Now, as a pass rusher, he's one of the best in football, which is shocking because he was supposed to be the, you know, Zeke was going to be the pass rusher. He's going to be the run defender. Preston Smith is graded right now as the seventh best pass rusher in all of football. But that's that's none of my business. It's Lael Collins' business big time. But it's not my business. Now, it'll be interesting to see because, in my mind, Preston's going to be our run defender. He's going, because traditionally what I've been seeing is Zadarius is on the defensive right side, which would be up against Leal Collins. Preston's over on the, the 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 left tackle, I guess. I would want to switch that around. You're telling me your favorite way to run is toward Lael Collins. I'm going to put my big boys over there, which makes sense. That's a strong side anyways, right? That's what we're going to do. And I'm going to put Zadarius Smith, who is our pass rusher. I know he hasn't been quite where Preston is yet, but I think he's still the better pass rusher, whatever. I'm going to put him on the, uh, the guy that, that, that got hurt, the left tackle that's being replaced by somebody who's really, really bad at football. So now if you want to run that way, that's fine. I mean, you probably don't anymore because your Tyron Smith, your left tackle, who is a pretty good run defender, run blocker, is gone. So I don't know if you want to go that way anymore. I don't think your six yards per carry is going to carry over into this week. And how do you want to run to the right where I got my big boys? Because the left side is going to be your weak side. Not, not just formationally, I just mean in terms of talent. It's weak. Really weak. I don't think you want Flemings and Williams. I don't think you want them run-blocking. Now, maybe you can get them to kind of kind of get out in the way, and then you can get Travis Frederick out in space and try to create something out there because our linebacker is too hesitant. That makes sense, right? Try to reach up to the next level. You know, Blake's going to be sitting there waiting for you to block him. You can give it a shot if you want to. Zeke does like getting to the edge. I don't think I trust Fleming to uh, to to allow Zeke around the edge. On the other side, you're pretty strong, though. Leo Collins and Zach Martin, whew. That's a good comment. No wonder you guys have been running between the right guard and right tackle spot so much. Those are two premier players. Collins, obviously, is massively inflated because of the guys he's gone up against. Oh, and by the way, last week when Ezekiel Elliott didn't run anywhere, they went up against Cam Jordan. Leo Collins went up against Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan is the fifth highest graded run defender in football right now. So so there's that. Now, I'm not saying we're bringing Cam Jordan to the table, but what I am very clearly saying, and, I, and I, I, I'm pleading, with the Dallas Cowboys to listen, because your your entire team, your season, your fan base depends on listening to me. Don't put your faith in Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott because they're not as good as you think they are. I know that breaks your little heart. I'm very sorry to have to tell you that. You, you drafted a, a running back way too high. He's not that good. I know Dak is your, is your savior, fourth-round pick, right? He's basically Russell Wilson. we got a late-round pick. He's coming in. He's tearing it up. He doesn't get the respect. He deserves blah. Garbage. Your offensive line is everything. And you need to understand that Leo Collins is not as good as you think he is. He's good, but he's gone up against straight trash. And now you lost your left tackle. And your, your left guard is garbage. And your center, who is one of the best centers in football, has not been playing very well at all, even against garbage competition. It, it, it may be panic time a little bit. But if you want to come in with all that bravado, that's fine. Just Just, just come heavy, man. Because this is a very, very angry defensive line you're going up against. This is a defensive line that has been dominant all year that got embarrassed last week. You want to talk about a team that is fired up and motivated? A defense that is as good as the Green Bay Packers were embarrassed last week. I don't, I don't think you understand what's about to happen to you. I don't think poor Mr. Fleming has any idea how much rage is going to go right into his throat. All I can do is plead with you to tell Dak to get that ball out of his hand as fast as possible. And Zeke, if he finds a hole, he better get up there quick. Because I think the Packers are going to do exactly what I said they're going to do, disrupt. They're going to come in and absolutely annihilate the offensive line to the best of their ability. And again, if, if they can't, I don't think the Packers win this game. That is, that is the entire game. That's it. I'm not even talking about Packers offense versus Dallas Cowboys defense. Obviously, that's going to make a, a difference and have some kind of an impact in this game. If the Packers dominate the defensive Cow- the Dallas Cowboys offensive line, the game is over. The Cowboys cannot win without their offensive line. They can't even score points. Without their offensive line because Dak and Zeke aren't very good. They're fine. They're 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 fine. They're not good enough to create on their own. And maybe Zeke's just a little rusty because he had the whole holdout thing where he was off, you know, getting drunk and pushing security guards around and and whatever he was doing. Takes some time to kind of work off the baby fat and whatnot. He's been working on it for a couple decades, but maybe he gets it this week. I don't know. His belly shirt's a little bit tight. Maybe he should go out shopping with his sister and buy a new one. I don't know. I'm I'm just saying something's a little off and it ain't working. And if this offensive line isn't clicking, and, I, and, I, and listen, I'm also pleading with the Green Bay Packers because this game is over the second you beat their offensive line, the game's already over. Keep taking it to them. Dak Prescott is a scared little girl behind that offensive line. He panics like nobody else. He's just not good, man. Under pressure, he's one of the worst. And with this opportunistic defense, if you put him under pressure, we are getting picks. We are getting turnovers. It's gonna happen. Beat up the offensive line. Don't let him run the ball. Force him into third and long situations. Force Dak to sit in the pocket and throw the ball under pressure. Game over. I'm telling you it's game over. But you have to be able to beat them, and you got to be able to do it to, uh, consistently. This cannot be like what we saw against the Minnesota Vikings, where we do it 90% of the time, but the 1% of the time we don't. It's a 50-yard run. Knock that off. But i got one more thing, and uh, this is just going to kind of close this thing out. Because, again, they can't figure it out, so I'll just explain it to you, although you probably could figure it out by yourself anyways because you're not Skip Bayless. Here is Skip's final attempt at explaining not just why Dak is a good football player, but he's very good against the Green Bay Packers.
0: And because of the second... ...to bring a little bit of historical perspective to this conversation. <laughs> Dak Prescott has played against Aaron Rodgers three times. His QBR, and I know you don't love QBR, but I really believe in it because it takes into account everything the quarterback does in the game, including with his legs. Dak's average QBR in those three games against Aaron Rodgers has been 88.0. 0 Aaron's has been 62. He's outplayed him all three times, and Dak has thrown nine touchdown passes to three interceptions versus Aaron's six touchdown passes to two. Fairly close, but again, advantage Dak. Aaron Rodgers brings the best out of Dak Prescott and he played extraordinarily well in that playoff game when he brought them back from 21 to 3 down to 31 all tie. It was extra- he threw for 302 that day and three touchdowns. So don't give me that he can't throw and that he's the liability on this team because I'm going to dig in on this.
1: Aaron Rodgers doesn't bring the best out of Dak Prescott. The Packers pass rush brought the best out of Dak Prescott again. They can't do basic thinking. He mentioned Dak Prescott getting three touchdowns the last time they played. The last time that they played, the the Cowboys and the Packers played, was in 2017. PFF graded Green Bay's pass rush as 21st in the NFL. The Packers got pressure on Dak Prescott out of 39 dropbacks only nine times. He was clean 30 times. All three touchdowns came with zero pressure. I, I don't know if you understand proportionally how crazy that is to have 30 times you can throw the ball clean. To put that into perspective, Aaron Rodgers has uh, dropped back 161 times, and 60 times he's been pressured. That's about 38%. Dak was pressured 23% in that game. Against Minnesota, when Aaron Rodgers uh, threw for 215 yards and two touchdowns, he had 17 dropbacks with no pressure. He had 20 times he was under pressure. He was under pressure more often than not. And Dak, with his 30 dropbacks with no pressure and nine with pressure, he threw for 171 and three touchdowns with no pressure. While under pressure, he had four completions out of eight for 80 yards, no touchdown. And he was only sacked once. Everything is pointing to one direction. Dak Prescott tends to play well against the Packers. They don't win, but he, his statistics have a little bit of a bump. Why? Because it's he's allowed to play within his structure, which is, please don't pressure me. He historically probably would make sense. He has a little bit more time against the Packers. So yeah, he has a little bit of an uptick in his production. Skip Bayless coming out and saying Dak Prescott plays well because Aaron Rodgers is sitting on the bench on the other side is such a mindless statement to make. It doesn't even make any sense. How do you come up with that garbage? No, this is is a trenches battle. Now, obviously, games can change over time, but in a weird way, I want the Cowboys to get the ball first. Ideally, the Packers get it first, they march down the field, they score a a touchdown, and it takes the crowd out a little bit. That would be fine. But I I think the real heart and soul of this game is going to take place when the Cowboys are on the field. And that defensive line and the linebackers and the safeties and the corners and their ability to absolutely maul this offense at every level really, I believe, is going to make the difference in this game. Then again, it's Packers-Cowboys. Should it be that surprising if the the Dallas Cowboys run up the score on the Packers and the Packers come back in a triumphant comeback win with a Hail Mary? I suppose that wouldn't be that surprising either. But anyways, it is game day. As always, go Pack go, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.